The Pinball Network is online. Launching Free Play Pinball Podcast. What's up, everybody? Welcome to Free Play Pinball Podcast. I am your host, Amanda Hamilton, and it is lucky episode number 13. It's lucky for me. It's my favorite number. I got Bill back. I'm super excited. Um, What's going on? Last week. Yeah, Bill took a hiatus, and as previously spoken and promised, we have a super awesome guest. It involved a custody battle. Scott Larson, told you I would take you out, buddy. We have Keith Elwin. What's up, Mr. Elwin? I am ironically wearing the loser kid hat right now. Oh my gosh, really? That's actually a great hat. I haven't been wearing it lately, yeah. It is a great hat. It, it is. We love our loser kids. Josh and Scott are phenomenal. We're not worthy of them. True. They got great merch. They do. They're, and they're just generally good people. How did they get into pinball? Yeah, they don't belong. <laughs> they they don't. But then again, so I was doing some research, you know, because those who listen to our show know I always do some mid-level, like at least go to second page on Google search stalking of any guests that we invite. And I learned some stuff about you, Keith. I oh, think, sure. yeah. So I, I didn't realize you have directed and produced a movie. <laughs> Pinball 101, yes. I I also did not realize that you have been mentioned in, I believe it was the, it was either the New York Times or USA Today, which I thought was kind of wild. And you've also been killed off a lot by martin robbins what did you do to him um i don't know yeah he's, he's not very nice to me have you ever been to australia no i have not don't go things but, will try to kill yeah. you i know i know but he comes here all the time he's had his chance that's both frightening and exciting to know that you're still alive yeah, little worried about it. So hey, you can hang out with uh, Vernon down there. Vernon will show you a good time. He'll give you a boomerang too. Ooh, that actually looks fun. My husband got a boomerang in the mail after our last episode because he did mention them multiple times, and um, there's a disclaimer on the front of it. Bless you, I believe. Thank you. Yeah, there's a disclaimer on the front that says um, second person required in order to properly operate. So I don't know if boomerangs actually do what you think they do. I don't know if they do what anybody thinks they do, but it's all good. I heard it's hard. Yeah. It's fine. You got this. Yeah. I mean, no helmet, yeah. no safety glasses. Roll out. It's cool. Safety's a thing. It's just not our thing. Exactly. So congratulations. Stern cleaned house on the PIAs. Um, they took home, I believe, 11 crystals. And quite a few of those are for this very, very unknown game called Godzilla. That you may have had something to do with. Uh, it's too old. Who's heard of that? Yeah, you know, Rush is the new thing. Yay, John Fork. We love you. <laughs> so that game's pretty cool. Which? Yes. Yes. Um, um, oh. I have not played Rush yet, but I have played Godzilla. Ah, okay. A time or two. It's all right. Yeah, it's fine. <laughs> well, okay. Well, let's let's give a little disclaimer here for everybody in the audience. You have a Godzilla LE. You and I talk frequently, and you always tell me that, you know, oh, I just played two games of Godzilla during the middle of the day when you're working, or, hey, I just did I, this. I never play pinball when I am working. Wink, wink, nod, nod. Yeah. There's lunch break. 
Yeah. My government issued 15-minute breaks. I played this not out of that game. And, and Keith, I've actually messaged you because I finally got to the kaiju battles, the secondary kaiju battles. And I was super excited. And my husband came up behind me with the most delicately cooked, cut it with a spoon, filet mignon in his mouth, chomping in my ear. And I thought I needed an alibi because I couldn't complete the battle. So you've created this like masterpiece game that I'm actually good at. Thank you. Oh, you're welcome. I, I, I appreciate it. And, you know, the people who voted at Game of the Year appreciate it. Bill played Her it. game. He likes it. Do you like it? I do like it. Um, I saw the Whitewood in my house. I still play it every day. Nice. Uh, we're still working on rules. So it's great that people like it. It makes finishing the rule set much more uh, uh, motivating, I guess, is the... Uh, the response yeah. of right? the game, I can't imagine if a game comes down and everyone hates it, then you got another six months of rules to write. You're just like, ugh, next game. Thunderbirds. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, real quick, just out of curiosity. So it's a Whitewood, but you have the most up-to-date code on the Whitewood, right? Was there any differences yeah. on the, the Whitewood versus the production, or is it pretty much similar minus artwork? Yeah, it just has no artwork. It's in a KISS cabinet. Um, uh, it's hooked up to the Internet, so anytime there's a uh, code update, it's a beta code update. It gets automatically sent to it. Um, and then uh, I play test it. Uh, you know, we make all the changes and tweaks and whatnot. And then uh, after so many uh, beta updates, we do a full-on release. Nice. Okay. You yeah, have the coolest job ever. I know. It's not even a job. It's weird. So just out of curiosity, I'm going to jump in here for half a second, Amanda, yeah. if you don't mind. From conception, you know, in your head to... Full on playing a Whitewood, obviously no code, that kind of stuff. How long did that that design cycle take on that game, if you don't mind me asking? Um, so usually programming comes on about four or five, maybe six months into a project. Um, in Godzilla's case, I was working on it for probably six or seven months before before Rick jumped in on it, but um. So we, what we do is we, we'll prototype the parts, the ball guides and everything, and then we have generic uh, pinball code, which just operates the slingshots, flippers, bumpers, you know, any any kind of coil. It'll just it'll just fire it if we have a switch hooked up. So uh, basically, we've been flipping this game for a while uh, with just flippers and and slings and the pop bumper. So it was you know it was, it was pretty much dialed in before Rick even got on and started writing rules. Okay. And it's pretty much standard for uh, all design teams. You know, we'll we'll get just a game flipping, so you can test the geometry. We actually call it a Whitewood Zero, where we're just testing geometry and not the actual mechs. And then um, once the program is on, we'll, we'll start uh, adding code for the mechs. Nice. And this game had some mech. I mean, like Bill said, we have an LE. Um, we we get the Godzilla, the Mecha Godzilla belly grab, which is fantastic. You have something that is a completely new design or a new innovation for pinball. You have that magna grab, which I love and I hate it because I cannot make the destruction jackpot. Even with the code update and the countdown, I can make a freaking 20 loops in a row. You you tell me it's a destruction jackpot and I'm going to be like, uh, what? No. I'm, I'm going to screw this up. You sure it's dropping in the right place? Yeah, I just suck at pinball. Oh, okay. But you can do yeah. twenty loops. I can. I listen. I I am actually grand champ on that score on that game. I, that is my husband's dream theme. He has two dream themes: 
Godzilla and Alien. We went on the list for Godzilla a year and a half ago when the first rumors came out. And my husband literally said, I want the Ellie. I want everything that comes with it. I don't care if it comes with a squeaky dog toy. We did not have dogs at the time. And he was like, I want the squeaky dog toy. I don't care if the game shoots like crap. Then we found out who That's good the design team was on it and who was coding it and who was doing artwork. And he got really interested in it. And then I started kicking his ass on it. And I don't think he loves it as much as he used to. <laughs> oh, yeah. Time to sell. No. No, that's a bad word. We don't use those four-letter words in our house. I know. Uh, I have that same problem. Uh, so how many games are you sitting on right now? Um, boy. Uh, I probably own about... <laughs> he had to take his shoes off to add that up. Yeah, yeah oh, that's I've been awesome. in storage forever. So yeah. I, I don't even know. But I, I probably around a 30. Okay. That's not... How many of them are actually in Chicago? Um, probably 22, 23. Okay. I saw a few games in California. Okay. Not bad. So I'll remember that next time I'm out in San Marcos and be like, yo, Keith, what you got sitting in storage? San Marcos. It's actually not in storage. It's up in LA. Uh, I, I, listen, it's not that far of a drive depending on traffic. Yeah, yeah. So if you uh, hit, hit up 82 in L.A., uh, some of those games up there are mine. Nice. Very cool. So I'm going to ask you a question because uh, Amanda loves this answer. So how oh, many God. minutes from where you lived to no, your storage or how many miles? Such a stupid question. My storage? No, it's not. Yeah. Uh, storage is like right across the street from Stern, which is about a half an hour from where I live. So about the same. But how many miles is that? Because that blew me away when I went to Chicago. Um, I think it's 17. Part of I'm going to stir up some, some crap here, by the way, with that I question. Tell. I can tell. Well, no, because it blew my mind because I actually, I lived in Carlsbad, which is your hometown. Um, yep. Ironically enough, I lived in Carlsbad about 10 years ago. I lived there for six months. So I was there for a hot minute and that was it. I was there long enough to enjoy the food, the scenery, and a little bit of shenanigans. You measure distance and time there. And I, it, it always used to crack me up because like there were no wrecks, but you would, you would literally go stop and go between each exit and it's either you're going 70 or you're going five. <laughs> so when we went to expo, I was like, Bill was like, oh yeah. So I live, you know, an hour and a half away from downtown Chicago. Cause we went out early and stayed in downtown Chicago. I'd never been there before. Dude, you should never have to measure distance in time. That is not okay. That's how we function out here. No. Yeah, yeah. It, it, Which, it is in California. Yeah, it, it was distance and time, unless it was rush hour, it would never change. Oh my God, it was, and then you just sat there. Yeah, for here, for some reason, uh, yeah, it takes forever just to get on the freeway, and then once you're off the freeway, it it just it's just so much more urban area here than uh, where I'm from. So it's it was a little bit of a culture shock. When was the last time you were home? Were you out there for? Uh... Indisc? I was at that, I was at that for Indisc, yeah. Okay. Freaking California. Yeah. Uh, I know. I, I, I only, I've been there like two days in the past two years, and it was just like kind of passing through San Diego area. Did you have withdrawals from the weather? Oh, yeah. Indisc was perfect. I was like, ugh, yeah, I don't want to go back. We may How's have it? pinball here, but our weather sucks. Yeah, you guys yeah. have good food and pinball. San Diego <laughs> has good weather and good food. Florida, we have we don't have anything. Florida sucks. We have Florida. You got man. the ocean. You got a hurricanes. It's cool. Yeah. You got Disney. Yeah. 
I do have a question related to Disney. Now that game of the year is pretty much guaranteed to Godzilla, do you get to go to Disneyland? I was just there. It's not a deal because it was so close to where I grew up. Um, yeah. It's like, what, 45 minutes from there? Yeah. yeah. So uh, Disney World would be a bigger deal. So we were Disney Pass holders, and we went like 97 times in a year while I, while I was working overnights, which is fun. You should definitely stay up 27 hours straight going to Hollywood Studios and riding Tower of Terror. It is life-altering. Well, yeah, because the one in California is gone. Yeah, they changed it to like uh, Guardians, right? Yeah. I didn't get I didn't get a chance. We did Lego uh we did Lego Land, but we didn't get a chance to do um Disneyland while I was out there. <laughs> wow. I remember yeah. that was- You're giving away your age, sir. I know. I remember I, I went there with my nephews when they were like, you know, four and five. I was like, Wow, this is really boring for an adult. <laughs> yeah. I mean the sculptures well, the power- are Terror was so iconic for a long time. I'm surprised they got rid of that. Oh, it's California. It probably caused cancer. I digress. Going back to Godzilla and Code, I know that Joel went into Code and Godzilla design very deeply. I just have a couple of quick points that I was curious about and wanted to check on. My first one is actually, it's a question from a fan. Because I told this particular fan that... I would be interviewing you and she was very excited about it. And she had a very, very specific question directed towards you and Rick. This question is coming from Olivia, my seven-year-old daughter. When we got our Godzilla, um, she couldn't put her name in it the first time she played it. And she's very upset about that because we also have a lot of JJPs where she can enter her initials the first you know, game that she plays because wow. we we usually let her go first. So she literally told us, "Mommy, you need to call whoever made this game, and you need to call Mr. Zach because we got the game from Flipping Out Pinball and Zach Mini." And she goes, "You need to tell them this game is broken because I cannot put my name in it." And I told her, "I said, baby, these games don't work like that. We have four other Sterns in the house." They don't work like that. Well, then we got Armando, and she got to put her initials in. So she's really upset with you right now, Mr. Elwin. Oh, no. Yeah. So you didn't get that vote. Lots of default scores there. Yeah. She's she's just not happy that she couldn't put her initials in. Now, I tried to tell her to play better. Don't pet the cat while you're in the middle of a multiball. Yeah, um, that's not nice. I mean, it's, it's just common sense. I'm not good at pinball, but that seemed like it made sense. Um, aim for blinky things. Keep the ball above the things that go up and down. Yeah. All things that made sense to me. So she was just really curious why she, why she couldn't do that, though, and why you made a game she couldn't put her name in. Um, well, you know, <laughs> I, you know, I just don't hand out, you know, participation trophies. So um, I got to be I got to be the hard parent here and say, no, you got to earn this. There is no ninth place ribbon of life, huh? Oh, yeah. my gosh. Yeah. No joke. I I will let her know. I will let her know. But I'm um, making her stronger. I'm making her stronger. And you've been playing pinball for a, since about that age, right? Like, I was reading something that your brother would kind of, like, drop you off at a pinball machine and go do his thing when he was babysitting, which is responsible. He would play with me. Oh, okay. Well, that's but, much more responsible. But if he was stuck babysitting me, yeah, he'd, he'd bring me to the arcade with him. No, yeah, mm-hmm. he didn't abandon me. I, I mean... I would abandon myself when I was about 12 or 13. I would just start walking or riding my bike to the arcade by myself. But uh, when I was like 
seven or eight, yeah, he would uh, he get stuck babysitting me. He was like, all right, let's go to the arcade. So he he wants something to do and get out of my hair. And uh, it, it was perfect. So just out of curiosity, how far was the arcade from your house? <clears throat> oh, there were so many back in the day. I, I had so many choices. Uh, 7-Elevens had games. Uh, there were a bunch of pizza places around my place. And there were... Uh, there were two big arcades by me. One was a place called Steve's Arcade, and the other was inside a Sears of all places. They had their own arcade. Uh, that's usually where I, I did like a little rotation. Did you ever get wow. kicked out of them for hogging the machines? Uh, no, I get kicked out for other reasons, but uh, not that. <laughs> all right, so if you don't mind, I'm gonna I'm gonna pack us up and go. We're gonna take a road trip down memory lane here for half a minute, okay? Um. So how r- r- how old are you? I'm fifty. Fifty. Okay. So, 12, let me think here. So you were going that would be in like, the early 80s. Like Space Shuttle was coming out and um, Firepower and that kind of stuff, right? And then as you got older, then it was uh, your high speed, Pinbot, that kind of stuff, right? Oh, my earliest memories were uh, uh, kind of the, the old Stern games. I remember we used to play Galaxy and um, Big Game. Uh, and I remember when Space Invaders came out. So 1980 was like really when I was like really paying attention uh, to when when stuff was coming out. And then when Frontier came out at the Sears Arcade, uh, I fell in love with that. And that's that's really when I started just playing all the time. And it's it's never really stopped since then. So out of curiosity, your 7-Eleven, since I mean, 7-Elevens out here were notorious, too. They had two video games and one pinball machine. One of my earliest memories was uh, Elvira and the Party Monsters and Pole Position was the uh, was the uh, sit down arcade game and a Pac-Man. Um, do you remember just out of curiosity what was in your 7-Eleven? Not that it um, matters. Actually, they didn't have pinball until I think the mid 80s. But when I the 7-Eleven right by my house, they used to have a Tempest and a, a Stargate. And then um, I remember the first pinball they got i think was a uh um might have been a laser war and then it became the simpsons the simpsons and then they stopped they got rid of all the games right after that and i guess too many hooligans were hanging out like me yeah that's about when it's, it kind of died out here that must have been a 7-eleven corporate thing yeah yeah the i think just too many kids were just hanging out so they're like nah this is a bad idea oh you kids get off my lawn Exactly. Oh, yeah, we would just loiter and beg for money mm-hmm. and steal candy. I mean, it was, it was a, you know, it was a good, good reason to get rid of that stuff. You mean you can't I... refill the Slurpee? What? <laughs> you can't no, refill you take, Slurpee? You take one of the giant pools and you fill it up or like a trash bag and fill it up and stick straw in it. What's wrong with you? Absolutely. Uh, we got our first 7-Eleven in the town that I live in like three weeks ago. Oh, wow. Yeah, we're a little late. Yeah, I just spoiled because I, I just grew up with a 7-Eleven like right down the street. Every Anytime I move somewhere, I joke, I hope it's by a 7-Eleven. So one of the things I was really excited about, because when I was pregnant with my daughter, which was after I lived in California, I was in walking distance of a 7-Eleven, and I was so sick the entire pregnancy, the only thing I could hold down was a Slurpee. So mm. I ate them every day, and it was great. But when I, when I lived in California, we used to go to the 7-Eleven and Bressy Ranch all the time. Because they had the Mountain Dew Slurpees, and they were so good. Oh, my God. That sounds like a bellyache. Oh, my. No, you mix them with the cherry Slurpees, and you get a cherry Mountain Dew, and, oh, you can, like, 
it's magical. You could clean the entire house very quickly. Um, you are much more responsive playing video games. You, you don't have to worry about sleep. It's it's fantastic. Yeah. I don't have to worry about focusing. Yeah, when I, I always 12, worry about that. When I was 12 years old, I had a paper route, and first thing I would do on the, I think it was a Sunday paper. I had to wake up at 5 a.m. to deliver those. Ugh. First thing I would do is ride my bike to 7-Eleven, get a 32 ounce Mountain Dew. And that was just like coffee for me then. And then I would just jam out that paper route, you know, come home at eight and fall back asleep somehow. Um, it was <laughs> things that he did to our body to, to uh, wake up. And we still might do. I, I digress. I, I don't wake up at 5 a.m. and drink Mountain Dew anymore. I, I stopped doing that. I don't wake up at 5 a.m. anymore. <laughs> yeah, I don't wake up at 5 a.m., much less drown, uh, drown a 32-ounce uh, Mountain Dew. Well, I don't like either one of you right now. I'm not a fan at the moment. Just saying. Sorry? No, it's all right. I'm your, just kidding. Your bedtime monster energy? Uh, literally, yeah. Uh, yeah. So I'm uh, – normally I'm up around 4.45. Ugh. <clears throat> I start work at 6, uh, and then I leave work around 2.30. So, yeah, like right now is like the absolute wind down of the night. So I'm just curious, Keith, you, you said you don't wake up at five anymore, but I, I recently saw a post from uh, Jack Danger, the newest designer at, at Stern Pinball, which is super cool that you guys got him. And he had made mention that he was like the last man standing in the factory and it was super cool, but super creepy. Is the Stern factory haunted? Yes, yes, for sure. Perfect. Yeah, I, I think it was a watch factory before we were there, so I think many people were killed and um, making watches. Yeah, yeah. Was it you was know. it their time? It's those lead watches that didn't really take off. Um, Bill caught Bill caught what I was putting down there. I make terrible jokes. <laughs> was it their time? Didn't <laughs> Yeah, no, that's fantastic because I've worked in hospitals that are haunted and it's creepy as hell. I I love that though. So you kind of have had pinball in your entire life. Like that has been your thing. Yeah, I guess I inherited it. So that actually brings me to a good question because you work with Zach Sharp, who is the son of our Lord and Savior of pinball, Roger Sharp. Is pinball inherited? Like, is there a genetic disposition to come from it? Or did you just happen to be the first of that line that was like, oh, hey, this is cool. I'm going to do this. Well, both my dad and my brother played, um, but, you know, it was mostly just free babysitting for the parents. So I think that's uh, that's how it started. Uh, you know, Zach grew up with uh, pinball in his basement. Man, if I was a kid, I would have killed for that. But uh, I had to ride my bike places. So uh, I could see how uh, they latched on to it. You know, that's definitely a family affair. Um, my family, uh, you know, my brother still plays. Uh, my dad has one machine, so... You know, we'll we'll still keep it relevant. Dabble. Yeah, yeah, we dabble on it sometimes. Sometimes, yeah. And I mean, like, y you literally. So I don't get to say this very often in life. A lot of guys tell me that they are the best at something, and usually those are lies. You have literally been the best in the world at pinball more than once. Yeah, yeah, I guess I have. Um, seems so long ago. It's just weird. Do you know what your current ranking is? Just out of curiosity, like, do you follow it anymore? No, um, but I think I just won a bunch of points. So I'm yeah, I'm, I'm not, I'm not going to tell you you're eighth. I'm not going to tell you you're not eighth. I'm not going to tell you who's first. 
But I am curious if the number one player walks around the factory with like that one of those I'm number one like foam finger things. Well, you know, it's funny. Raymond started like right when COVID hit. So uh, he still does not have an office. Um, so the only time you, uh, I've ever seen him there, if he's picking up a Whitewood. So, um, no, he definitely does not do that. <laughs> right, A, I'm going to send you one. I got you, bud. We can do this. Together, we can do this. It, I, I just think it's so cool that literally you are, are still kind of newish in pinball. Like when we look at what you have done design-wise. So you've been with Stern since 17? Yes. Okay. It's so actually five, uh, two days ago was my five-year anniversary of being here. Happy nice. anniversary. Thanks. So end of February 2017, Stern says, hey, we know this kid from California who did this really cool like homebrew of Archer, which shout out because I freaking love Archer. And that's a great theme that would not have aged well, but it's still very quotable and relevant today. And yeah. and you you started designing pinball machines for Stern pinball, because why not? Yeah, why not? I think they make uh, games. I I've oh, heard yeah. of them. Yeah, yeah. Actually, it took uh took about nine months from when they initially contacted me until actually started working. Huh. So, uh, uh, you know, because it took a while to negotiate, and then it took me a while to obviously move out here and you know take care of everything at home. So yeah, it was a long process. And prior to that, you were an operator. This is true, and my back thanks me for not doing it anymore. Listen, at this age, our backs thank us for getting out of bed slowly instead of quickly. Just pointing that out. And heated but, seats in cars. Oh, God, heated seats are magical. It didn't need but, them in California. No, you don't. The weather was perfect all the time. Yep. Oh. We were getting mad if it rained. While I was there, like literally the first <laughs> month I was there, we had hail twice. And I remember my birthday is the beginning of February and we went to the beach because it was like 82 degrees and some freak warm front. And we could see the snow capped mountains in the distance because there was no marine layer. It was magical in the best day ever of my life. Oh, God, I miss California. So so you you kind of have like found your niche and you've made this living. And despite the fact that you're five years in and, and a much more I don't want to say an older man's but a much more experienced man's genre and kind of field you've been doing this for i i hate to say this out loud but four decades four decades he's just hung up on us yeah but but i mean realistically like if you started loving pinball and then you you kind of did this thing where pinball was always a part of your life you've been doing this for a long long time yeah depressing right no it's not like i'm kind of jealous No, you love what you do, though, right? So, I mean, oh. if, if you love what you do, it's, it's a, really not work, right? I mean, so, I mean, that's what I'm going to take a guess. You don't put eight hours a day in, right? No, that's not true. <clears throat> My boss might be listening. Come on. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah, yeah. No, Mr. Mr. Gomez, he puts 10 hours a day in, six days a week. Yep, yep. But, but realistically, um, and I'm sure there's like 16, 18 hour days where the juices are flowing and you're like, yes, I got this and I don't want to disrupt this. And then there's days where you're just sitting there like shooting Nerf guns at each other. <laughs> uh, sometimes my girlfriend will come over on a Saturday and she'll see me doing CAD work and I'm like, what are you doing? And I was like, oh, I had an idea. So I'm sketching it out. And she's like, 
it's Saturday. <laughs> so? <laughs> Pinball don't sleep. Yeah. I mean, the idea is there. Why not? Yeah, no, it's, uh, yeah, I'm definitely thinking about it a lot, you know, even when I'm not, you know, quote unquote on the clock. So uh, I think that's what it takes. Were you ever worried that pinball would not survive? <laughs> yeah. Uh, I was like, well, okay, I can do this job for, you know, five, ten years. And then once everything dies down again, I'll go back to being an operator. But uh, things are looking good. So maybe I, I will never have to go back to being an operator. Well, you know, Dwight said you were retiring. Really? That's uh, just news to me. No, you should ask him. He might have a retirement plan for you. Oh, okay. <laughs> Like People in pinball don't retire. It's uh, some of them should, but some of them I hope they never do. Yeah. It, but you know is what? It, go ahead. You know, one other sidebar question, if you don't mind me asking. Um, so, Archer, do you still have that set up, and how often do you play it, if you don't mind me asking? Um, it is folded up in my condo. Um, I brought it home to set it up, but then... Uh, when we got sent home, I had to bring my current Whitewood in with me, and I only have room for one game here. Okay. So it is folded up next to my Whitewood Godzilla. But it is nice. here. Um, it worked last time I uh, set it up two years ago, so hopefully it still does. Is there a Pam multiball? There's not much any code in that game, so no. <laughs> if there ever was, was there going to be a Pam multiball? <laughs> oh, God, I don't remember. Oh. I think we, we were just trying to make something that flipped. We weren't really you know, concerned with you weren't thinking that far in. No, it was just kind uh, of a fun little project. And, and then my brother got kind of bored. And uh, so I, I just in my mind, when I think Archer, I'm thinking like, that's how you get ants mode. And oh, yeah, that, that was definitely going to be in it, it needed to because that is how you get ants. Yeah, well, ant frenzy <laughs> with, with lots of scoop. Um, Archer had two scoops, I think. Nice. One entrance, one exit scoop. So I, I do have some questions about your designs because you've done four games now that have made it out to the, the masses. Um, you have Iron Maiden, your initial game, which is based on the Archer layout, and it is a really good game. Like, I've played it before. It's, it's a great flipper. It's not a theme that I love, but it's still fun to shoot. I'm not going to say no to it if I walk up to it. Um, you've done Infinity Quest and Jurassic Park and then Godzilla. I have questions though because you are you are now known as the goat. <laughs> sure, I mean maybe you don't I'm the think... month, but uh, I think I, uh, I think I need a much longer resume. <laughs> which which may be true, and that's kind of where my questions come. Why are there not triceratops? That was in my notebook. I don't know how that never made it in. I uh, that is literally missing the mark there, Keith. Yeah, so my engineer Harrison Drake was just. Oh, we, have you ever heard of Triceracop? You know, Triceracop is like, what is Triceracop? I guess it's some Triceracops, cartoon. Pops, dude. No, you no. Got, no, come on. It's like Triceracop. You know, just have a have a joke for the Triceracop. And I never even heard of Triceracop. And uh, so, but I like Triceratops. And, and yeah, it would have been perfect. Why is there not? Why is the spinner not a Spinosaurus? Spinosaurus. Mm. Well, Spinosaur is a yeah. true one. These are these are missed opportunities. That Mothra outlane save on the left hand side of Godzilla. Why is there not a jog, John Borg reference? John Borg reference. It's a left outlane. Well, I don't have the uh, the the middle wire of death in the, over there. Ugh. Just there's so much work still to be done. I digress. 
<laughs> I I do have a question though. Like, if you're ever playing in competition and you just get completely screwed on a board game, do you go in and just like shake his Mountain Dew? Uh, he loves it. Yeah. You know, anytime I see him working on a lightwood, it's like, oh, you just gotta have that uh, middle middle lane of death, huh? He's like, <sighs> yeah, that's my signature now. Exactly. <laughs> Freaking Borg. Yeah. He got bored. He's the best. He's actually a really awesome guy. I've talked to him quite a bit, and I absolutely love him. He is fantastic. So let's go back uh, down memory lane again, but we're going to take out Divergent Path. So it's early 2000s, late 90s, and pinball didn't work out. What would you be doing right now? Oh, man. Uh, My background is in electronics, so maybe still in there. I don't know. The whole reason I became an operator is because I, I don't really like sitting at a desk. So I started That's to start. Fair. Yeah, I started, uh, you know, buying games, moving them around. Um, I started working for uh, uh, a distributor and, and then another operator. Who did you work for? Like, just out of curiosity, sorry. Uh, I worked for Area Amusements in San Marcos for okay. many years. Uh, before that, uh, a place called San Diego Games. But, um, yeah, I had a lot of fun working on working on that stuff. You know, I'm sure all the chemicals and lead cider is going to kill me, but um, it was fun. It's fine. It's fine. None of, none of us are getting out of this alive. Yeah. Take that off the table. <laughs> but you have a pretty cool story to tell when you go. I mean. Lead oh. solder kills. Yes. But, hey, nope. it's better than mercury. That's true. Or less fun. I'm not sure. So, 10 years ago today, if I would have said, hey, look. There's, you're going to design pinball machines and there are going to be people who buy your games because they know you designed them. They don't care what the license is. They don't care what the theme is. They don't have to see the game. They will be sold out because your name is on it. Would you believe me? Well, I mean, to be fair, pretty much everything's selling out these days. So. <laughs> but, but I mean, even 10 years ago, like, could you have predicted this? Um, you know, I've always wanted to be a game designer, but, you know, I never, you know, Never like actively pursued it. I never, you know, chased down anyone in the industry. It's like, hey, I want to do this. I always thought I'd do it just for fun. It's like, hey, I'll design a game someday. And uh, I actually did make a, a South Park game in the uh, early '90s, nice. and that was it was kind of a, uh, an old Popeye that we converted a friend of mine. And uh, and then when the, the P Rock stuff came out, I was like, oh, I should you know revisit this, and but not you know not. You know, South Park to me was dead at the time, but uh, Archer was new in my life. I was like, oh, yeah, I should revisit this, but uh, make it Archer and uh, try to get my brother on board. First, he didn't want to, but then uh, after a while, he's like, yeah, all right, something to do. So uh, that's where that started. Um, Just the years and years of playing and what I like, what I don't like. And I thought, he's like, yeah, it'd be fun to design a game that I want to play. And that, that ended up being, you know, Archer slash Iron Maiden. Like Did you just, tell him if he could make it number one in the world, he could design whatever he wanted? Who? Your brother. I don't know. He's, he's, he's a coder, but, you know, he's retired. Okay. And he's like, this feels like work. I don't want to do this anymore. <laughs> I, don't, I couldn't blame him. I'm sure it's very tedious. That's fair. How much of what you have played in the past, because, I mean, you've been exposed to probably more games than, I don't know, Bill, correct me if I'm wrong, 80% of our pinball community. You figure yeah. it at this point in time, like you, you've played most of them. It very yeah. rarely do I go to a show and, and see a game I've never played. It's extremely rare. I was going to say, let's start with a list of games he has not seen or played. 
It'll probably be much shorter. Yeah. yeah. So, so how much of that, like, where you have played a game and you're like, this shot would have been much cooler if, or oh, oh, I yeah. would have put it here. Like, how much of that goes into your design? Oh, yeah. I, I do that all the time. I was like, hey, this almost works. Or, or there'll be a mode that's like, this is almost cool, but, um, you know, no, I'll... Uh... But it's missing something. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And when when you're designing games, so, like, do you have, like, a a notebook and I'm using that metaphorically because I don't, I don't necessarily know how your brain works and everybody is different. Some of us are very old school and we still use things like Skype and paper and pens. Um, Yahoo. Yeah. AOL. AOL. Yeah. Yep. Hotmail.com. Hey, my Anyways, wife still has an AOL. I told you. <laughs> what? Nothing. Nothing. Anyways. <laughs> yes, we are computer illiterate in this house. Yes, it is a small miracle I can do uh, Skype and all that other stuff. Um, when we first started this, literally, my wife would have to come down, load the, the episode to Dropbox, send it. Of course, you wouldn't get it. And then it was this big hassle for the next two days of trying to get it to you. Just a complete and utter shit show. It yeah. took longer to get you the file than it did to record the, the two-hour episode when we were doing these. It did. It did. It's fine. Yeah. I told you. No, Keith actually messaged me earlier, and he's like, who still uses Skype? And I'm like, I'm pretty sure Bill still has an AOL email address. No, he, I would, he would use the de- the disk if he could find out where to put it in his computer. No, because that's uh-huh. one thing I always wonder, too, like, with designers, because I, I think you guys' job is so cool that you get to create this world under glass. And, and I kind of idolize that because my job is not creative, and it sucks really bad compared to what you do. So... I, I often fantasize about, like, if I were making a game, what would I do? Like, what would I put in there? What would actually work? Because I can put I, ideas are great. Application is a whole different story. When you're presented with a license or a theme and Zach and George and whoever else is in the room says, all right, Keith, we have X, Y, and Z for you to do. Do you kind of have an idea of layout that you would apply to that theme? Or do you figure out the theme and then determine what you want to apply to it. Does that make sense? Well, what I'll do is I'll figure, does this theme lend itself to toys? Okay. Uh, such In the case of uh, Avengers, it didn't really. Um, so I, I went about making the, hey, I want to make the fast, flowy, combo, you know, fun shooting game. Uh, when it came to Godzilla, I was like, oh, yeah, this, this has got to have toys. It's got to have stuff that breaks apart, stuff that collapses, uh, a big boss that you fight. And so, uh, you know, I kind of just did kind of a general layout and then left all these spots to put these big mechs in and then just kind of filled in the rest. And so it's, yeah, it, it's, it depends solely of how much uh, a toy would lend itself to the theme. Your so. style, yeah, it does. It, no, it does. And, and your style is, for the licenses that you've had, your style is kind of like, the campy old school version. So obviously Avengers, like you can't go very old school with that, but with the restrictions on it, you had to go more comic book than anything else. No big deal. But like Jurassic Park, I have listened to previous podcasts where you've said, you know, I was given an option of choosing a license or, or, or a movie essentially on that. And I could use whatever in that. Godzilla uh, is not based on the choice of this uh, world or park. And you, and you picked the right one. Yes, yes, because that was the only one I'd seen. <laughs> uh, 
And now that I've, I've watched the entire series, I've made the right choice, yes. Yeah. That one's so iconic, though. You oh, know. Roar at yeah. the end. Yeah, I mean, it would have been cool to have that, that rotating sphere that they use in the new movies, but uh, uh, I think I made the right call there. It, yeah. It's okay. It's all right. Yeah. What did you think of Jack Danger's home pen version of Jurassic Park? Oh, he nailed it. Um, I remember when he was first yeah, working on that thing, and I'm like, oh, it's Jurassic Park. And then Wayson was like, I'm going through all these call-outs you didn't use. And there were, like, thousands of call-outs in Jurassic Park, and we only used probably, you know, a couple hundred of them. I was like, man, that's going to take you hours. Uh, I remember just the, the dialogue recording for that that game took so long that I, I was absent from most of it. And so Wayson's like, yeah, so we're going to do this and use all these call outs. And I was like, oh, that's awesome. And then uh, Jack showed me what he was working on with his little jump ramp. And uh, he's, and I was like, man, this is looks pretty expensive for a home pin. And he's like, yeah, the hammer hasn't come down yet. And so every time I, I'd see progress, it's like, wow, this stuff is still all in here, huh? That's that's amazing. Jack's like, yeah. And then that's just, it all made it to the end. And uh, I think he should be very proud of that game. Oh, yeah, definitely. I love that you guys are are using so many more personalities and competitive players versus mech guys or engineers that design games. Do you think that's how pinball is going to kind of trend? Uh, I won't tell Borg you said that. Um, Borg knows what's up. All right. <laughs> yeah, I think he's one of the few uh, mechanical engineers turned game designer that's that they're still out there. Yeah. Uh, but uh, his passion for the game uh, is is amazing, and he literally designs his own mechs, cuts them, you know, puts them together. Uh, so, it, so like I do with rules, I design my games. I write the rule set too, so I do double duty. Where a lot of board, he'll do double duty as well, and that's with the engineering because we don't get an engineer until you know the game's already been in development for a few months, and he has a tremendous advantage where he can just like, yeah, I'm just gonna make this thing out of metal, and uh, he actually gave me this. Uh, this mechanism that grabs the ball and he's like, Hey, I thought you might want to play with this. And, you know, you know, if you're going to have a, a ball eating dinosaur, you can play with this little prototype I made. And I was like, Oh, it's very cool of him. And he showed me how he made it. And it's like, I was just blown away that uh, he can just like envision this stuff, go in the lab and cut it, cut it out of metal, put it all together and make it work. Yeah. That's crazy. You've worked with a lot of experience levels between People like Borg, you worked with Steve Ritchie, you now have people like Rady and Jack Danger. Has that dynamic influenced you at all, or do you, are you like a sponge just absorbing everything they can teach you? I am just glad Jack is now the FNG, the new guy. Mm-hmm. So um, I am no longer the new guy. So I, I get hazed. <laughs> After five I, years? Yeah, I, I'm no longer the one getting hazed. Now he's getting hazed. So it, it's perfect. Well, he's got to bring donuts until you guys hire another. Uh designer right every day yep. every day God bring bless. Uh, we get first dibs of stealing his ideas it's it's great god bless covid work yeah. from home is suddenly a good thing <laughs> to be fair every time i go in he's there so i don't i don't think he's working from home too much he's got a very small human at home i can relate to the um impact that has it sucks they need yeah. things like food and changed and yeah, stuff like that. I don't Love. know. You should bring him to work. Bill has brought a baby to a pinball thing before, and apparently it works great for sleep. <laughs> All right. So my son was, I'm going to clarify this story. I think my son was, uh, 
want to say six weeks old and he wasn't sleeping at night. So literally the one night and uh, well, let me, let me back this up a little more. So literally my wife and I slept in uh, shifts. My wife would sleep from six o'clock at night till about midnight. And then I slept from midnight till five in the morning. So, you know, life just generally sucked at that point in time. Um, so literally I had missed like a bunch of pinball nights and getting together with everybody. And, uh, I was like, you know what? Screw it. So I'm like, you know, he might fall asleep in the car. So threw him in the car, he fell asleep. You know, I'm like, I'm gonna go say hi to all my buddies real quick. They can see my son. We'll be there 10 minutes. He'll start crying and we'll leave. So for the next, I don't know, hour and a half, he literally just slept through pinball night. You got a bonsai run going off, uh, you know, a row of machines. Everybody's, you know, talking and drinking after about 20 minutes. Cause they're like, wow, this kid's not waking up. One of the best decisions I made bringing him out that night, you know, instead of dealing with him, uh, you know, being fussy and crying, he just, you know, slept the whole time. It was awesome. So, and then you say, Hey, you've been to a pinball event. Oh yeah. Yeah. And literally he went to a pinball. He was born October of 2019. He went to a pinball event before Corona. So he yeah. knows what pinball night is like before coronavirus. It's good stuff. It's hard to remember, right? You know what? It seems like, you know, when I think about him and his age, it seems like a, an eternity ago. But then I think about like, oh, I was doing this, you know, two years ago. You know, it's just a different point of reference. But, you know, all good things. I sleep better knowing I played well, too. He didn't. Dude, he was still he, I think he was at like six weeks old. He was, he was teeny tiny. Oh, yeah. Yeah. He was. I, now, now I'm curious. Hold on. I got to look this up. He was but. he was that big. He was still potato. Oh, yeah. 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 He Hold was on. still potato. You, you mentioned you still pull a lot of du- uh, double duty on you do a lot of your own rules along with your design. And I'm really curious now, you've worked with Rick on three games now? Uh, Godzilla's the fourth, yeah. Okay, so you guys have like this dream team thing going on now because you keep making these really good games. I checked Pinside. You have more games in the top 20 than some manufacturers have. Just you as a designer. <laughs> <laughs> that's kind of cool. Uh, yeah, that's kind of think about it. And it's not like Haggis is the designer I'm referring to. It's bigger designers than that, um, or, or manufacturers than that. So does he have more input, and is he gaining more confidence as he kind of moves through the process with you for roles, or is he still just like, yes, boss, whatever you say? <laughs> well, I've never heard him talk like that, but... Uh... Uh, I pretty broods a lot, and you guys are very quiet. That's what Jeremy told us. You guys are both very brooding and very quiet and very cool. Rick and I are very similar personality types. Yeah, we're both very, very quiet. Uh, we'll just listen. At the, the meetings, will mostly just listen. Um, but I think that's one of the things that uh, allows us to work together so well is, um, you know, I'll write a rule. He'll read it, and he's like, cool. And he'll implement it or he'll, hey, can you expand on what you mean by this? And and then there's obviously gaps. There's always gaps in my rules that, you know, I, things I forget. Yeah. Uh, then he'll, he'll just fill he'll just fill it in with what he thinks I want. And unless it's really egregious, I'll say, no, nah, you know, I don't like this or whatnot. This is really stupid. Come up with something else. <laughs> um, but uh yeah, I, th- I think with Iron Maiden, he, he was basically checking checking with me for almost everything. Like, you know, what sound do you want here? What, you know, what there? And then uh, by the time Jurassic Park rolled around, he had gained. He was like, okay, yeah, I know, I know. I, I looked through our sound library. I found something that works pretty good here. And um, and you know, that's that's how it's been. He's he's the 
he uh, modifies the UI the way he sees fit, and and I, I generally just let him do it, and I don't, you know. Don't and now he's forward. just like it's just as new to you than it is to him with Godzilla, and then I'm sure yeah, I yeah, joke it, with that. He's a he's a blast to work with. He's a very good technical programmer, so I I'll was like, hey. Like for uh, Avengers, I wanted to do the, the flip-based mode. And I was like, this has never been done in a, in a game before. And I was like, so here's the idea. And he's like, wait, so you want the mode to run as long as there's flips available? And he was just like, huh, yeah, I think I can do that. <laughs> and so uh, he whipped something up, and tried it, and we're like, oh, this is awesome. So, yeah. Is there anything that you have ever done on a game, either physically or technically, where you're just like, this doesn't work yet but i know if it does it's going to blow people's minds yeah so the the magnetic newton ball was originally on vendors um but we could not we in testing we can do some really cool things but where i had it on the play field it wasn't doing the cool things i wanted it to do and we didn't have time to redesign the play field so i was like i'm pulling this mech out and it's gonna be the first thing that goes on my next game no matter what it is. And then when, it, when I found out it was Godzilla, I was like, cool, I'm designing this entire game around this one mech. Because <laughs> I really think it's cool. And I really, it wanted, it worked I really out. wanted to get it out there. And I was so pissed that um, we had too many technical problems with it on Avengers. So, um, But it, it worked out. It did. When, when you were designing Godzilla, did you ever get like the warm and fuzzies where you knew like this is going to be awesome? Like this is a really good game for everybody. Well, when I first found out I was uh, working on Godzilla, I was like, uh, so I was talking to Jody. I'm like, well, so do we get assets or anything with this? And he's like, hell yeah, buddy. We, you know, he Let's listed off like eight movies. And I was like, wow, because this, you know, this is the first for me. I've never gotten assets to work with her besides Iron Maiden music. So um, I was really excited. You know, the project just, you know, even though I hadn't watched the movies in quite a while, when I found out we got assets, I went through and watched all of them. I was like, oh, yeah, I'm using this and this and this and this and, you know. Took all these geeky notes. I, you know, I went through like three notepads worth of, uh, you know, timestamps and yeah, and uh, yeah, no, I, I was really excited. And I think the theme was perfect for pinball because you're just big bad monster destroying stuff, but you're also saving stuff, just like the movies. The movies couldn't make up their mind what they wanted to be, so you know, it's, that's how I incorporated into pinball. It's like, why is Godzilla saving people but destroying buildings? It's like, eh, because he's Godzilla. I don't know. Godzilla. That's what he does. Yeah. Whose idea was it to have the Japanese as well? That was actually the licensor, Toho. Um, that is fantastic. Yeah, they, they were uh, – I, I actually came up with the idea, hey, we should have some Japanese call-outs, and I ran it by them. And they were like, um, you know what? How about you, we you know, have selectable Japanese – I was like, if it's going to you guys, it's, it's perfectly fine with me. So, yeah, that's where that was born. That's cool. That game is fantastic. Oh my gosh. So in a lot of your games, not just with Godzilla, but I think it's kind of emphasized just for me because I've played that one so much more than anything else. Your games are very heavy on on these really, I don't want to call them easy to hit, but really achievable far right and far left shot. But ah, you yeah. also still have like so many combos and just ugh, the, the ball is magic. It just does magic things. It goes in these really, really beautifully coordinated and choreographed patterns it's magical i freaking love it is that intentional or is that just your style that you like having the ability to hit combos or is that something that you're trying to appeal to people like me who suck at pinball and people like you who are you know 
number one in the world occasionally playing pinball. I mean, I, I'm always attracted to a flow design, mm-hmm. um, but it can't be all flow, 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 flow. There needs to be some some mech or some shot that sends the ball out of control. And for me, it, I it's I try to do it on the sides because I think for so many years there's just haven't been anything interesting on the sides to shoot at. So you, you never shoot at it. So suddenly I'm putting these designs out where, hey, guess what? If you want your ball save on Jurassic Park, you got to shoot this shot way off to the side. that It's not very comfortable to shoot. And, it's kind uh, of a pain in the ass. Yeah. Uh, but once you hit it, it's satisfying. It's satisfying because you're rewarded. So that's the, you know, that's what I try to do is like, I'm going to make these obscure shots that take you out of your comfort zone, but I'm going to force you to shoot it because it's going to be a great reward. You don't have to shoot it, but you know, if you want the ball save or whatever, you know, perk comes with it, then you're, you're going to shoot it. And I, I think that's important. If you're going to design the shot that's hard, it needs to be rewarding somehow. And, and even on Godzilla. So like, you can hit that Godzilla, the Mecha Godzilla ramp. You can backhand that. You can hit it pretty easily from the left flipper. It's not a big deal. You can hit the spinner on the left-hand side with a little bit of skill or luck. You can hit that kind of inner loop area behind the building. You can hit the building very easily. That right ramp is fantastic to shoot, and you can shoot it repeatedly. That left ramp, though, it's a little bit hard. Yeah, it is. And it's, but, uh, oh, but it's so good. My philosophy behind that was, all right, even if you rattle the shot and don't make it up the ramp, well, it's coming back up to your upper flipper. So um, I didn't mind making that shot hard. And you still have the chance with the magnet and the destruction jackpot or the magnet grab or or the magnet save, I mean, or just knocking down the bridge. It's it's pretty cool. But I think one of the biggest complaints right now isn't really any the game. I think the biggest complaint from everybody is we can't get the game. I know I won't have mine till I think September roughly. Yeah, you should come to Florida. I would love to have one. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, that's the sad part. I'm beating on this year old Whitewood, uh, and I was like, God, I really wish I had an Arctic game to (laughs) to have at my house. I know a guy. Get set up and, and, and everything else, or would you keep it in the box for a while? Oh, I would definitely set up a Godzilla. Okay. Okay. I, I had my Jurassic Park in a box for like a year before I unboxed it finally. Nice. Are you a keep in the box or a play it type of guy? I'm a play it type of guy, but um, I didn't have any place to put the Jurassic, so it just sat, sat in my office for a year. And then uh, uh, finally, uh, my girlfriend's like, hey, I got space for a game. And I was like, hey, I got a game in a box. Let's uh, bring it out. Makes sense. It makes nice. sense. So there was there was big talk when Godzilla came out. We all saw, you know, the the sizzler and the, the teasers and everything. And there was a scoop. And Keith Elwin doesn't put scoops in games. Are we going to see more scoops? Um, I'm sure. Okay. Scoops are necessary when they're needed. Um, to divert to another scoop. Yes. Absolutely. I want to have, like, the, the old school games, I had the four saucers in the middle of the play field that just kicked to each other. I want to do that with scoops. That would be a bestseller because your name is attached to it only. <laughs> that sounds awful. I hate that. No, I, I I implore you to do it. I don't have any room for any more games. Go ahead and do it now. So when I clear uh-huh. out games, I have room for whatever comes after the Scoopasaurus. Do two scoops from one side. Do two scoops from one side to the other, kind of like Hyperball, where it just sits there and cycles through them and you have to get through the shot. That actually might be yeah. kind of cool. It's kind, of, kind of combine the uh, the Bram Stoker Dracula mist ball with it's just a ball that shoots from one scoop to another, and you got to knock it out of there. Yeah. I like. Interesting. And and you're big on magnets. 
like you use a lot of magnets in your designs. Um, you just mentioned that Miss Ball and on Dracula. Did Elsler inspire you or uh, impact your design at all? Because he was big on magnets. Um, no, not really. Mm-hmm. Um, that is a very cool mech. Um, yes. In fact, it's so cool, I really don't want to do anything like it, you know? Um, it's like my favorite upper play field is the, 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 the power field on Twilight Zone, and it's, it's just perfect. Like, I don't want to... So good. It's like, oh. wow, I'd love to have that one of my games, but it, I, I can't just rip that off. It's 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 perfect. It, I, anything I do would be less than what that was. And it, it would I feel be undeserving, same, yeah. Yeah, and I feel the same way about the uh, the Magnodon Dracula. It's just like, that is such a cool, unique feature that I would never just copy it one-to-one. I would have to add something to it that's so much, you know, to make it so much better. But I, I can't think what that would be, so, yeah, yeah. And that's fair, and and I completely respect that. I was just curious because you do use magnet so much in in your games. Are you a video think, gamer? I am. Like, um, okay. So I got a uh, I got COVID right when Elden Ring came out, and that's all I've been doing. That's upsetting, ironic in timing, and very upsetting. Yeah, it was perfect timing. It's like, man, if you're gonna get COVID, do it in a Chicago winter when Elden Ring comes out. You know? I I had COVID in jumped my time forward in my animal crossing to july to catch sharks <laughs> crossing oh yeah that that was the uh freaking original, love animal crossing <clears throat> the original covid time suck yep. we got it two weeks before ozark season four came out i'm like Son of a... you know granted i would have watched it in the afternoon but still and and i was actually told so for our listeners who are not aware of this um last week we alluded to the big faux pas that i made um which was essentially the same as asking Carol Shelby what a clutch is. I was in the the menu looking at the audits for Godzilla because Bill, you would ask me how many games that I played on Godzilla. Is this just the honeymoon phase? And that is something that's been kind of a hot topic of do I love it because it's new or do I just love it? And oh. and I'm very finicky on my games. Because some people do get caught in the honeymoon phase. A lot know. of people do. Hey, listen, I just got a circus month, month and a half ago. Seems so freaking good. But you know yeah, what? Thank you. Do you both right. have Willy Wonka's? Yeah. Yeah. And was. Nice. And Terminator yeah. is far over there. Bill, okay. you don't have you don't have a TNA though, right? No, I got medieval. You He's can't got see your the Twilight Adams. Zone there, Keith. Yeah. My Twilight Zone. Twilight yes. Zone. It's cool. You know what? A great game. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's it's different. Well, it, it, here, how do I want to say this? It's one of those games that I, I, I really enjoy. I'm not in love with it, but I also won't sell it because I know I'd never be able to afford to buy it back. You know? I was a huge Twilight Zone uh, show as a kid, so when the game came out, I, I don't think it shoots very well, but uh, theme integration on that game is top-notch. and um, Yeah, it's just it's a lot of fun. The rules are good, and it's great. Yeah, you know, I'm, I think you nailed it with the mini play field, the gumball, and uh, what was the other one? Um, the wire form that uh, the ball drops out on. You yeah. know, on a, my daughter loves, like, a lot of that kind of 90s stuff. Like, she gets a kick out of Adam's family with a hand grabbing the ball. Um, I recently just picked up this medieval, medieval madness, and my daughter's six, so it's not like she's getting too far in the code. Um, but she realizes, hey, if I hit the gate with the ball... You know, the castle explodes, and she loves that. You know what I mean? Um, nice. It's a pinball magic moment, for sure. Yeah. 
Are you a moment chaser or a point chaser? Uh, depends on the team. Godzilla was more moment. Uh, Avengers is more point chasing. Maiden is point chasing. Jurassic is more moment. Interesting. Very interesting. I like it. I, I am very much a point chaser most of the time because I again I'm bad at it like I I don't do it I love the light shows I love part of my love for was was the light show like oh, yeah. that oh my god that black game sucks to shoot but oh, <laughs> it does it does it's a clunky it, 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 it's I don't want it's Listen, not we, as smooth as it could be that's a better way of saying it game you shoots know. like shit okay well you know that's that unvarnished opinion right there I also no, it, don't like Ghostbusters. I mean, what do you want from me? No, but it has moments, you know. And that's it's a, the, the light yeah. show. That light yeah. show, when you get lights out, oh, it's magical. It's magical. Wonka, when you get Wonka's office, like, half the freaking lights go out on the board. Oh. See, what I don't understand about you is the lights on Ghostbusters, when it gets ready to start multi-ball and... Uh, uh, Mm-hmm. I, that is just kick ass. It is. I love Dwight. I love Dwight's moments. I love Dwight. Dwight's light shows are phenomenal. I like love Jeremy. Huh? You like Winter is Coming? I, I like being blinded by Dwight. <laughs> That's why we call him Dwight shows. He is one of my favorite human beings in the entire world anyways because of his energy. I just, I absolutely love Dwight. He's such a fun person and he is so passionate about this and just he he's one of the three people that really got me to love pinball versus just oh god my husband wants a pinball machine and i don't know what it is because i love jeremy's art too like we this is actually my office that you're looking at and for listeners who who can't hear us uh, or can't see us obviously um, I record my office where I have TNA, Wonka, and Waz sitting behind me, but we have an, an actual pinball room that has Mando, Godzilla, Star Trek, and Deadpool. And then we also have banners for TMNT, Godzilla, and Deadpool in there. And we have a Munsters translate that's autographed by Dwight and Borgie. I love me some Jeremy Packer. Yeti is phenomenal. Obviously, you know this, Keith. You've done a game or two with him. Yes. He's Okay. We'll keep the them. dad jokes keep flowing when you work with them. It's great. I had a dream about you guys and dad jokes right after Expo. It was yeah, so bad. He's, yeah, he's he's the king of the dad jokes. Um, it's like you never know when he's being serious, especially if you're in a meeting with him. He'll be like, well, you know, the inspiration for that was, and he'll just start rambling on his story. No, nah, I'm just kidding. I'm just like, oh. <laughs> right after Expo, I had this dream that you were collaborating with other pinball manufacturers to create this like mega pinball machine. And the Italian mafia of all people got wind of it and they kidnapped you. In the pinball community being what we are, we stand firm. So on Penn's side of all reliable sources, we put together a fundraiser to get Keith Elwin back. We're gonna get you back. And we decided that Jeremy was gonna be the MC of the night and he, all he did instead of trying to raise money to get you back on your ransom was tell bad dad joke. We never got jokes. you back. Yeah. Yeah. The, the fundraiser was a, a failure. That, that's a that's a good theme for a pinball, I think. Yeah. I, that title may be taken, it's, that license. Self-portrait of Jeremy with a mic on stage telling his dad jokes and empty audience. <laughs> it wasn't an empty audience to start with. They all showed up to begin with. 
Just it was a free entry, pay once you feel inspired to. That's where we screwed up. <laughs> so it's like, like one of those cult sermons. Yes. Yeah. Like Do you like cannoli? Mm. Mr. Elwin, you are stranded on a desert island. There is electricity on the island, but you can only run one pinball machine ever again for the rest of the time you're there, and the rum is gone. It's not going to be an insider-connected game. I'm sorry. There's no internet here. You can only run one pinball machine ever again. What game is it? Oh, man. Um, I'm going to double down on this and say a pigeon will drop off USB updates. You just can't get on the internet. Huh. So you're thinking of a newer game. Uh, you can do an old game, too. No. Yeah, maybe. Is that, I'll, maybe I'll do one of those. I'm good with whatever. Okay. The Bagatelle games that, you know, they do all kinds of amazing mechanical things without electricity. Or I could say Godzilla. Very uh, self-gratuitous. I'll, I'll, have, I'll have plenty of time to finish writing the code since I'm stranded and bored. And, and, and there's no Elden Ring. And there's no Elden. Oh, God, that's depressing. <laughs> and, and you're gonna have to eat coconuts instead of pizza oh i love coconut i can do that but i love pizza too yeah. i would definitely miss it I'm, it's fair so you got to play in i'm gonna get this wrong you got to play in district 82 a couple weeks ago where you licked the flipper buttons caught covid and let zach sharp win because he's your boss <laughs> was that inaccurate in any way uh did oh yeah, there was two tournaments. Yeah, Zach won and Jason Wardrick won the other. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I finished just under the tax cutoff, so I was, I was the true winner. Nice. You didn't deny licking the flipper buttons and any of that, so we'll go with that. Well, I, I um, didn't. Uh, I wasn't sick then, so. No, but you got sick like right after that, wasn't it? You messaged like me two like two days after. I know. Yeah. All right, Bill. I don't know about you, but I know there are certain shots that when I have to make them, I can't make them. Bill, okay. do you have any of those shots? Like, there's a mode, there's a skill shot, there's something you have to shoot to hit some sort of mega reward. Do you have any of those? Uh, no, that that I don't play enough for any of those to really piss me off. But mm-hmm. the, last time I right. played, the last time I played Jurassic Park, I got the smart missile, which was like, hell yeah. Because that, one <laughs> that one's the troubling one for me some, from time to time. But the last couple of times I played it, I got, I got it more than once. I was like, hell yeah. yeah. Dude, that makes it satisfying because it's so damn hard. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But when you get it, you're like, you know, I, I've just accomplished something. You know, let I the ball drain and go get a beer. You know, shake yeah. it up. You know. Yeah. See, it's um, all about rewarding the impossibly hard. Absolutely. Yeah. So, Keith, when you play, is there a kryptonite shot where you're just like, I can make this shot all day long, but now I need to make the shot, and I would rather put dynamite in this game and just blow it up. <laughs> That's funny because I can shoot the uh, the pop bumper on Godzilla like all day long, but then in, if a shot's timing out on it, and I'll just whiff it, and I was like, "What?" <laughs> yeah, we're gonna talk about that like offline. Mm. Mm. Yeah, it's evil, right? I don't know who I'm more mad about with pop bumpers, you or Scott Tenacy. <laughs> I'm glad. So you your know favorite that... game should be a No Fear. Mm. Yeah, it should. It should, sure. but I don't have room for one tournament. You play in tournaments still. You're semi-retired from tournament playing. Yeah. Um, Occasionally, you dabble. I dabble, yeah. Uh, with Pinberg gone, you know, I really have nothing to look forward to. Your life sounds very sad when you say it that way. You're like, I don't have anything to look forward to. The only thing that saved me through COVID was Elden Ring. Like, I'm kind of worried about your mental health right now. Yeah. Well, I mean, now that, you know, I work in industry, going to tournaments isn't as high of a priority as it used to be. Do you feel, I know, and I'm not sure how much you've heard of this, um, Zach Mini has made a big deal about if Stern is giving away a game at the end of a tournament, there should be more of a showing of those games 
in the finals for tournaments. I saw who the top 10 runners were for District 82, and I am by no means a tournament expert. I don't play in a league. I don't play in a tournament. But it was like you, Zach, and Ray Day were prominent names that showed up. Having games that are available for sale, is that fair in tournament play? Or do you kind of like the way it's set up right now? I like playing weird random games. That way I don't feel like I'm just going to work, you know? So Mystery Castle was was a a breath of fresh air for you. I mean, that game is so bad it's entertaining um i think we all had kind of had fun playing it it's just like what this is the dumbest weirdest game i've ever played but somehow when you put a bunch of high level players together all trying to figure out this game nobody knows it actually becomes kind of fun one of my terrible community bicycle pinball machines will always be cactus jacks i don't know if you've ever had a chance to play one of those i have yeah it's so bad but, it, <laughs> but it's got those cool dancing cactus in the back. It, it, it's the only yeah. game with like a topper at the back of the play field. Yeah. yeah I, and I it was interactive was, too, wasn't it? It was well done. Uh, the little dancing toy. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, the yeah. game is kind of ho-hum, but. Yeah. You know, that, that's that's one that's so bad it's good, you know, yeah. kind of thing. Are we going to see Keith Elwin design toppers soon for your games too? I, I need to know so I can let my financial planner know. Design topper uh, for what? Godzilla? Anything. I don't care. I just need to know so I can start saving for them. I know that there's a rumor that there's a really cool topper coming up from Ando. I, Black Knight Sword of Rage had one of the best toppers ever. Any topper that will tell me I suck in life. Yeah, the is, Mando topper, I will say, is very cool. Yeah. Oh, that sounds expensive. I'm not going to be disappointed. Sounds so expensive. That's, okay, you realize the hobby that you're in right now, right? Everything that you're saying is, is almost moot. I mean, I'm looking at, in, in the back of the screen here. You know, it doesn't look like you've got, you know, a beat-up 1986 pin bot followed by, a, you know, a Bally uh, Lady Luck, um, you know, with a Dolly Parton in the mix. You know, I, I agree. I tried to throw a Bride of Pinbot in there, but I was told no. Bill oh, has yeah. no sympathy for me. I, I'm spoiled. I love pinball, and I mean, yeah. Yeah, no. don't cry for me, Argentina. I get it. It's cool. True story. So, so I know how much pinball costs right now um and i know how much pinball is worth right now which are two ironically very different things i'm gary stern i just came back from the french riviera it was a great trip and keith your game is up next and i'm going to tell you you know what pick your license every cost is covered i don't care what the license is how much is my game going to cost me a limitless bomb limitless bomb careful what you ask for i mean i have two kidneys and i only need one. Oh, okay I think the bomb is what keeps us in check. By how much, though? Because I know, like, you're big on, you want wire form ramps, which thank you, because those are so much better than plastic ones. But you've done so much with either very limited assets, like we saw in Jurassic Park, where you, you didn't have a lot to work with. Like, you you basically pulled a miracle out of someplace that we will never see. And then with Godzilla, there were, what, feels to the consumer like a lot of assets and there's a lot of toys and mechs with that bridge and the building and the belly grab and the newton ball and like there's so much packed into that game that i'm really curious if you just if the budget's thrown out what can you do (laughs) oh man kind of an ideal world right just uh i mean people are selling all the wall sculpts uh yeah well, you know what? I, I, I'm going to interject on this one. Have you guys ever heard of like Lawler, Pat Lawler talking about like Twilight Zone? You know, where it was so success. He was coming off the success of Adam's family and they were, you know, 
let's see what you can do with this license. So then they made it a wide body and he just started throwing everything in the kitchen sink and figuring half the stuff was going to get ripped out. You know, never thought, you know, gumball would make it and all these other, you know, things that probably should not have made it that made it in the game. Um, and they let it ride. So, I mean, I think, you know, you make a good point when you say careful what you wish for, because, you know, suddenly you've got, you know, a 30 year old pinball machine that, you know, the eddy sensors don't work and some crazy stuff, you know, yeah. um, I would hope my stern warranty. A good, a good chunk of our a good chunk of our market prefer the pro, so uh, you know they don't want to they don't want maintenance hassles. They just want a fun game to shoot. So yeah, like I said, be careful what you wish for. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah, sorry, kid, you're not going to college. Mommy and daddy are buying the next selling game. Yep. Yeah. College is out because we bought the topper. How do you feel about trade school with a scholarship? No, and and you mentioned Bill, you just mentioned two like wide bodies. Keith, would you ever do a wide body? Hell no. Interesting. Can't stand them. Can I ask why? I just don't like them. Okay. I think uh, the, the standard size is perfect. All right. So I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna ask you this question. So Twilight Zone, is it just me or because there's so much stuff on the left that almost feels like a standard? Well, I mean, it is a standard body with a shooter lane added. Um, same with Indiana Jones. Uh, if you ever take one of those apart, you'll see that uh, there's a stripe of art down the middle of the playfield and like an inch of unpainted playfield on either side where they brought in these side rails. So they basically just, the, the, you know, the bottom is just a standard body and where they used the extra space was uh, pushing the ramps out towards the side. Mm-hmm. Um, Interesting. I didn't know that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I think it wasn't until uh, a Judge Dredd that was actually designed from the ground up as a wide body. Hmm. See, we learn something new every year. Yeah, the next time you see Indiana Jones, look at the outlines and you'll see all this wasted space uh, where they brought in the sides. That would have been nice if they would have made those games as a standard body because then they wouldn't have been heavy as hell to get down some stairs. Truth. <laughs> yeah. Listen, but. pull a pirate CE down the stairs without breaking up those barnacles, and then we'll talk. Hmm. So we, we have your grail theme up for grabs. This is the theme that you you can remember back to little Keith playing in the arcades going, I would love this to be a pinball machine. Or even as an adult, like, I would love to be this as a pinball machine. Are you going to retheme something to make it your grail theme? Or are you coming up with a design from scratch and rules from scratch? I always, always go from scratch. So, so you don't play a game and you're thinking, man, this would be perfect if. Uh, no, I mean... I do, you know, think rules-wise something, but I would never say, like, oh, this this thing would work great as that. I would. Uh, I'm not a fan of retheming games. I didn't even want to do it with Iron Maiden. Why did you do it with Iron Maiden then? Am I allowed <clears> to I ask that? <laughs> sure. Because yeah, uh, that's the design I got hired to do. Okay. Nice. It worked out, and half your homework was already done, right? True story. Yeah. Yeah. It's just the fact that I had been working on that Archer layout for, you know, three years or so and it's just like oh now i get to work on this some more <laughs> yay yeah. i get to rewrite the notes that i already wrote Ugh. yeah yeah so i was really excited when Jurassic park came around i was like yes i finally get to do a new layout nice. and and uh, that has to be exhilarating too when they're like all right you're up we got something for you here's your choices i i don't sit in a design room obviously so i don't know how it goes they could just be like all right so you're gonna do my little pony and this yeah, is your bomb. So make sure both, yeah. Okay, that's fair. Do you kind of get a say in what you get to pick or what you don't? Um, as far as when you're presented with a theme 
and when you know that it's kind of your turn in the cycle to produce a game? Well, we usually know what we're working on years in advance. So, like, I already know my next two games. Okay. There's, there's not much mystery. Usually, it'll be floated, you know, floated by me like three years prior. And then, um, oh, yeah, you know, keeping in mind for this, and then I'll find out maybe a year and a half before it happens. That, oh, yeah, okay, we got this. So. So it's so and and I'm gonna kind of dumb this down because we do have a lot of listeners who are on the same level as me. They're very new into the hobby and they're very new into this process. So I'm gonna come to you and say, okay, I have themes A, B, and C three years in advance, and you're gonna kind of say, oh well, B looks good, you know, that'd be cool. And then a year and a half later, after you've already kind of started putting some thought into this and a thought into the rules, they're gonna say, okay, we've secured this, and these are your assets. Is that kind of what you're saying? Yeah, pretty much. Okay, we're getting My Little Pony. I can't wait. Oh, so good. Hell no, dude. We need a National Treasure pinball machine. Um, we need a Fraggle Rock. You're out of your mind. Probably. <laughs> that po- you, you had you had just enough of that poisonous venom not to kill you, but make you hallucinate a little bit. I get what you're saying. Magic mushrooms. It's all good. Yeah, yeah. Just don't it's forget the zigzag. Yes. Yeah. No, but I mean, like, there's there's so many goofy themes, especially now because this generation of I'm going to say like 35 to 55. We grew up in an age where we had the best movies. We had the best of the cartoons. We had the best of a lot of it. So, And now we're all in a financial position where we can potentially purchase toys. Bill, don't joke because how many bikes have you bought from when you were a kid and you want a pay phone? Like, Listen, we have dude, that my... ability, so they sell. Yeah. You know, here, I think as we get older, we, we, we chase down our childhood and things that we really liked when we were younger. And the payphone just makes sense because, dude, in another 20 years, you won't be able to find one. You can't find one now. Can't yeah. find one. Yeah. So that's why I have one in my garage. He does. I've seen it. It's bad. He also uses AOL. <laughs> that's how I get on AOL. Yeah. We stick the receiver in. Yeah. <laughs> If his wife tries to make a collect call, you know, those MCI nights and weekends right now, this is totally going to disconnect and we're screwed. It, it's all right. It, it is, but I, I think it's really cool, too, that the people who grew up in this age where we had such this fantastic content are also the ones that are now designing it. And we do still have a lot of, I'm going to call them living legends, who are involved. We have the Pat Lawlers and we have the Steve Ritchies. And we have these these people who have been doing this for a really long time and remember when pinball was its prime. But now we have the Keith Owens and the Jack Dangers and we have the Joe Cat or not Joe Cats, I'm sorry, we have the Eric Miniers and we have we have all these great designers that grew up when we did and they saw G.I. Joe and knowing is half the battle and they saw Thundercats and like they know the 80s references and they can tell you exactly what a pence or trapper keeper should smell like. I think Eric's actually pretty young. He's younger than I am. I don't want to talk about it. Yeah. Yeah. So I I doubt he remembers much from the 80s. I'm not that young. (laughs) I bet Eric is. Trying to think of how much younger he is. I think he's only a year, two years. I think he's two years younger than me. So he, he lived through some of the Reagan years and might remember them. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure he remembers them well. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. He remembers X-Men. We've talked to X-Men before. You know, Saturday morning cartoons aren't what they used to be. And then we have this brand new generation of spoiled entitled kids who want like a bluey pinball machine. I know what that is. Oh, you don't, you are. Don't, don't even go there. No, don't no. Go there. Listen, no. you wasted your quarantine by playing Elden Ring instead of watching Bluey. 
because it would have taught you life lessons about Australia parenting. Hmm. And apparently, like, the dad on Bluey has perfected dadding because he let his kids play mountain on his back while taking a nap. I respect that as a mom. Yeah, I really messed up. What is your opinion on virtual pinball? Because I know there's a, a Zen pinball machine archer game some of well, us downloaded. I'll play it once in a while. Um, I mean, they are what they are. They're, you know, $5 pinball games. They're entertainment. Yeah. I mean, I'm not going to crap on them because they don't, I mean, obviously the physics aren't the same, but I mean, I think the more exposure to quote unquote pinball, it's it's, it's all good for the actual industry too. So um, yeah, I mean, actually uh, I play uh, VR Mandalorian pinball on uh, Oculus and that's actually pretty fun. Uh, you just got to shut your brain off with the, the flipper lag and just, it's, they can do some cool stuff. I'm worried about that. We, we've we looked into Oculus and talked about it, and I'm very scared to try it because of flag and motion sickness. And we've done, like, VR simulators at Disney before, and, and they're really cool. We did a um a Star Wars one, and it was, it was so cool. But I'm scared to try it with pinball because you're so interactive with it, and the yeah. lag just seems like it would, it would cause some motion sickness and stuff. You guys kind of started playing with that. With Stranger Things, you guys had the projector, which I thought yeah. was super cool because then you have essentially two screens i i love stranger things and i i'm a huge fan of the uv light kit that goes with it and creating that secondary world on a again a stagnant play field but now you're in the upside down is that something you would ever consider using in your design especially now with like a spec expression lighting that we see on rush or something like that and then the projector is very cool i thought um yeah if i if i uh if i ever needed a reason to use it i would definitely look into that uh, i remember like all the, the the projectors they had on tests and, and went our back room and they had just they were projecting i don't remember what it was they were projecting something all over this wall with all these different projectors i like walking back there and it's like this is pretty cool movie yeah, day at work yeah. grab the popcorn all right my last question i was watching a youtube video recently and it said that there is a conspiracy theory out there that people of influence in various areas of our pop culture are part of the Illuminati. Keith, are you part of the Illuminati? I would say blink once, yes, twice, no, but your camera's off. Yeah, my camera's uh, AWOL, so maybe that was part of it. Um, I'm intrigued by that stuff, so. Um, I just wonder, because you're kind of timeless in pinball, yet still so new. I had to ask. Yeah, I'm sure I'll be buried in a pinball machine. Um, you sure you don't like white bodies? Com complete the, the cycle of life, yep. <laughs> Nice. Would it be a white one? I was thinking because you were tall, because everybody is taller than me. Ah, sorry. So we're going to oh, go with that. Very mean to Hercules. Nice. Well, you wrapping have, yeah, it up. you have room in that game. You can have company in that in that cabinet. Yeah, you can have a whole tomb. Yeah. A Hercules is that real wide, like I, five no, by I know, eight. I know. Okay. I know. But I'm just, I was just thinking like with tombs and cats and toilet paper is really expensive. So you can't wrap them in that. And just my mind went places. All right. So. Keith, you've been in this now five years, right? Um, talking with people for probably six or maybe a little sooner, or a little older than that. When you first started talking pinball and getting into this as a as a career, were most people were welcoming and opening and down to earth? Would you agree to that? Yes. I, you know, and I'm sure, like you know, there's a game that you played that you love, and you finally met the designer and. They were very welcoming and everything was great. And you were like, wow, you know, they're really cool. And then that happens again. I think most people in pinball, they can all relate because they love something. And it's easy for most people to relate to other people because they share that passion in common. I think all the, pretty much everybody in the, the industry is, is a genuinely nice person and they like what they do. Yeah, yeah. It's nice to have that little, uh, that bond, that pinball bond, uh, even as someone you don't know, uh, just knowing they're into it. 
you know, it, you know, it makes conversation flow so much easier <laughs> in like many new people. It's it's nice to have that bond. You're yeah. not the odd man out anymore because you're a pinball nerd. And I say that like passionately and with love because I'm a pinball nerd, but like you're not the odd man out saying, oh, well, I like pinball and people yeah, look at you. At you. <laughs> yes. yeah. They look at you weird. Oh, that's still a thing. Yep. Keith, thank you for entertaining us. You have been awesome. I am so sorry this was not up to the standards of what I'm sure you heard with Joel yesterday, but we appreciate you joining us and hanging out. And Thank you. I don't know what else to say, but thank you. Yeah, thank, thank you for coming you. on. Thanks for being fans and having me on. All right, right. everybody, thank you so much for joining us. This is episode 13. Thank you, Keith. Thank you, Bill. And we will see you guys on the next episode. My cat is just absolutely attacking me.